The Kilcoin Conversation, talking to baseball with Cardinals manager Ali Marmol. Coming off his rookie season, may not have been a household name a year ago. Got the job after the surprising firing of Mike Schilt. All sort of happened quick. Cardinals stayed in-house, and Ali had been with the organization at the minor league level for a number of years. Was on the bench working with Mike Matheny, and then was the right-hand man for Mike Schilt for a couple of seasons as well. Cardinals win 93 games, win their division. But as Ali Marmol pointed out early on, we're not here to win a division. He said it's all about winning a World Series. And even in this conversation, says, hey, here we are. We're sitting at home right now. Not the plan, obviously. But it's a chance to talk about the season that was and really break down a little more in depth what happened in the early exit against the Phillies, game one specifically, the Ryan Helsley, really disastrous ninth inning, pulling Quintana in the sixth. And what I've really enjoyed all season with Ali Marmol has been the ability to have dialogue about different moments, different lineups. He really enjoys that part of it, discussing it. In fact, during this interview, he'll say, well, what would you have done there? What would you have done? And I like that. And it's not smug or cocky. It's... I think, I hope, an actual interest in what other people would have done. And then there's a chance to kind of debate the the numbers that back up the moves. I do think he likes, confident in what he's doing, there's no doubt about it, but really does enjoy the baseball dialogue. And when you're the Cardinals manager, man, that's what you're going to get a lot, whether you're around town or being seen in town or on the radio or on TV. And he, even if they're yelling at their TV, you're getting some level of baseball discourse. You're going to get a lot of that in St. Louis. So Ali Marmol is the guest on the Kilcoin Conversation, coming to you from the Pasta House Studios. And the Pasta House, not just great fresh food, but a family atmosphere. Go in during the games. We say that during the baseball season. What about on a football Sunday? You don't feel like cooking? Kids eat free on Sundays. Check out the NFL game in the background eating some delicious pasta, or get it to go. The family feast that'll feed a family of four for less than $30. A lot of great options online at pastahouse.com. Maybe you saw the video of my son Carson and I breaking down his fall ball baseball season. We had some meatballs and some baseball. All of the food is made fresh every single day. The pasta house all around the St. Louis area. And again, the menu, locations, Ordering online, all of that at pastahouse.com. And we are coming to you from the Pasta House Studios. Also, our longtime sponsors, Triad Bank, St. Louis-based bank since 2005, neighborhood-friendly bank. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you're with one of the big banks, you know, the national, international banks, a lot of times you go in the lobby, first of all, there's nobody working. And if they are, they are always friendly, which to me is... Always seem crazy. It's your bank. It's your money. They should be nice and friendly. Triad Bank, based in St. Louis. If you need a car loan, home loan, business loan, talk to the folks at Triad Bank, located in Frontenac on Clayton Road. Also, the new location on Olive, just west of 270, triadbanking.com. Marie DeVilla, Senior Living, corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. If you're starting to think about your retirement years, or maybe it's for your parents, your aunt, your uncle, your grandparents, you can take a virtual tour at mariedevilla.com. They have the Villa Estates 
assisted living, really all levels of care at the corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. It is a beautiful campus in West County. B&G Tuck Pointing, they are the best in the bricks. So if you have a brick home, brick business, garage, chimney, when the tuck pointing starts to fall apart, those bricks do not look the same. Call my friend Rich Galati at 363-0525, 363-0525, the number to call, or on the web, bgtuckpointing.com. I love seeing the before and after pictures. Also waterproofing, foundation repair, all of it at bgtuckpointing.com. Free estimate at 363-0525. And appliance discounters, real simple. The biggest names in the appliance world at the lowest prices. Theappliancediscounters.com is the website. Hop into that search engine and type in General Electric, washer, dryer, stove, refrigerator. The biggest names, the lowest prices, that includes General Electric, and there's often great GE rebates available on top of it. What I really love is they do the price checking around town. They will go to the big box stores and see what that particular appliance is selling for, and then they list it on the price tag right next to their price so you can see the savings you are getting. Where it's more than a motto, it really is. Their savings are your savings. Theappliancediscounters.com. And now the visit with the Cardinals manager, Ali Marmol. All right, you had the chance to digest the whole season. You're home. You're just relaxing with your family. Can you relax, I guess? Can you even enjoy uh, playoff baseball? No, I do, and, and, and it stinks um, because you're not one of the teams in it, and that's obviously the goal every year. It's not just uh, winning the division but going far into the playoffs and, and winning the World Series, so it's obviously difficult, and you wake up to it every morning thinking about what it could have been and, and different things that you would have done, but uh, um, I still enjoy watching. Just uh, I enjoy competition as a whole, so being able to turn on the games and, and see guys compete and who moves on and who doesn't and why and so I still enjoy that aspect of it, so I try to catch as many of those games as possible. But uh, it's also a time to decompress and take in the season and really um, spend some family time. i got a 3-year-old and a 5-year-old, and I get to have a regular life for a couple months with, with them and my wife, so that part of it is, uh, is a lot of fun. You guys are in the Orlando area, right? I mean, do you go to Magic Games or Disney? Your kids are probably no, more... No, we're, we're actually we're in St. Louis. My wife wants to wants to stay here for, for a decent amount of the offseason and just uh, get a little bit more involved in the community and, and spend some time here. So we're still in St. Louis. We have a we, we sold our place in Jupiter. We have a home in, uh, in St. John's, Florida. And uh, but we'll, we'll go back and forth and spend a little bit of time there in uh, some warm weather. But uh, we're we're gonna try to spend an off season here in St. Louis. Oh, what am I? I should be I should be sitting in your living room right now. What am I doing? I, I here I thought <laughs> not that I was invited, but I here I thought you'd be back in Florida. But you know what? Your kids are the right age because it's not so much yanking them in and out of school that the players sort of deal with at a certain point. That that gives you a little bit of flexibility. That that's a great idea, I think, to kind of. Because during the season, I mean, you can't really do a whole lot around town. I know, and when you have a night off, it seems like there's always a charity event. No, we, we rarely get uh, time off, uh, family time, or just to, to do any type of event. If you have a night off, to your point, you usually have some type of charity event for one of the staff members or players or organization as a whole. So um, during the off-season, you have a lot more flexibility to attend different different things around town and, and be a part of the community. So we figured it'd be a, a good couple months to, to spend here in St. Louis, and we'll, we'll see how it pans out. 
are you recognized? Can you go to the store and do people come up? What were you thinking that one night? I mean, have you run into folks yet that, <laughs> that talk to you? Yeah, get in line. Um, <laughs> nah, yeah, you, you, you get noticed. But, um, yeah, it's uh, we have incredible fans, and obviously they pay attention. So, um, But that's part of also staying in St. Louis. You get to, uh, to engage with the community at a, at a deeper level than just at the stadium. So uh, we've enjoyed it so far. You know, it's funny, we mentioned, you said get in line. The Cardinals opened at Wrigley one year, and I had to do all these live reports. I think it was a Sunday night game, or that weekend. Anyway, I was outside of Wrigley, and then I had to run in for post game. And Matheny's like, where have you been? And I said, oh, I was out on the street getting fans were shitting all over me. And he's like, yeah, get used to it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I, or it's something about, something about it. Was, he goes, it's about time, or it's your turn, or whatever, and that – is that something as a manager, and I know you did it at the minor league level, that you have to kind of brace yourself for, and not even like people giving you a hard time, but just the constant second-guessing? Um, gosh, how can I word this nicely? Um, it, it's it's part of the gig, and um, at the end of the day, part of your personality has to be where I, I really don't care what others think. Um, you have the job for a reason. You prepare a certain way in order to, to give the organization the best chance to have success, um, and you prepare in a way and hold yourself accountable way more than anybody on the outside is ever going to hold me accountable. So any form of accountability that comes from the outside is, is, is second to what we do internally. So um, at the end of the day, I, I, I love our fans. Um, as a fan, that is what you're entitled to is, is the second guess and what could have been and um I welcome that, but I, I at the same time don't don't really care. <laughs> is it better if the Phillies advance? I mean, does that lessen the sting a little bit and say, "Well, look at we ran into a team clearly they were a buzzsaw or they were hot." Do, do fans think that way? I think the media does too. Nah, I don't. Um, I don't. I, I it doesn't matter to me. The reality is they beat us, and um, they shouldn't have. Uh, we we feel like we're a better team, and unfortunately, they they played better baseball. Um, during that two-day span, and um, it's just the way it worked out. But, no, if they advance, it does less of a sting as far as, like, oh, we'll see they were a good team. Everybody in the playoffs is a good team, and if you get hot at the right time, then, then you keep moving on. So we got beat. We didn't reach our goal, which was uh, first to win the division, but the second to, to win the World Series. And uh, we did the first one, didn't do the second one. So I don't care how you chop it up, it's things the same. You referenced uh, earlier, I don't know how you phrased it, about what you would do differently or some things you might do differently. T- tell me about that. I'm assuming we're talking game one. What, what what does bother you? If you had to do it again, what would you do differently? Um, honestly, I, I, if you look at <laughs> this is the, the part of second-guessing that I welcome. Um, if people are going to question the logic or reasoning behind something, I'll give them endless amount of hours if they're just going to second guess the results, and that's where my, my patience is, is very little. Um, so when you look at that first game, there's a couple of things that you can look at and say, okay, well, what, what could have gone differently there? And one of them is, well, you can leave Quintana in longer. Absolutely. Um, if you walk Hoskins and Romuto at the two-run homer, what questions are you asking me today? Are you asking me, hey, with a full bullpen and the best part of your pitching has been your bullpen, why not go to a fresh pen after Quintana's done his job? Like, you're asking me a completely different set of questions. So at that point, we're just questioning the result over, over the actual logic or reasoning of, of why we did what we did. Um, 
And then when you get to Helsley, you can easily say, well, gosh, why didn't you pull him earlier? Absolutely, you could. The reality is Helsley wasn't hurt. And Yachty went out there and talked to him. Matt Dog went out there and talked to him. And at no point did he say his finger was bothering him. Uh, he said he was having trouble finishing his pitches and just couldn't get find his own. But do you pull your all-star closer out? Um, he had a one-two to remove, so hits one off the end of the bat to left field. Um, he's got Harper in the one-two count and then loses them. And then the, the Castellanos at bat is the only one for me that um, when he was that erratic, you can, you can convince me to pull him after that. Um, but we went out there, talked to him. He said he was fine, and we gave him one more hitter, and he wasn't fine. So pulled him in the next day and said, hey, man, were you honest about your finger? He said, yeah, it didn't hurt. It's it just I couldn't finish my pitches, but at no point did I want to pull myself out of that game because I felt like I can go. So can you second-guess that all day long? Well, I absolutely. Um, the reality is we made a decision. It didn't work, and now we're sitting at the house. So it's unfortunate because we did have a, a successful year in the division, but we felt fell short of our main goal, which is bringing the World Series back to St. Louis. So when Maddox and Molina go out there, was that after Harper? I'm trying to remember when they went out. Yeah, before and after. Before and after. And did so is that when he said, hey, I'm not injured, did he say then, hey, but it's just a grip issue? Is that when he said, or did he say that uh, later? No, he said it, He said the grip after we pulled him. Uh, prior to that, it was just a matter of game planning for that next hitter with no indication of of anything regarding the finger. So that's why it's easy to sit here and go, well, you should have pulled him. That's fine. And then question who you bring in after that. Well, you should have brought Jack for the Palante. You should have, like, I could, Mark, I can argue that for days. The reality is um, we brought in the right guy. He did his job, and the ground ball wasn't hit at somebody. Um, So when when you say that what you would have done differently would have been to take him out after Castellanos because that's when what the bases are loaded at that point it's still two zero is that one that you I thought I'd heard you say that maybe it would have been with Ackerman on Camwax did you say you would have if you had to do it again you would have done taken him out after Castellanos? Uh, my my comment earlier was actually more to certain things that you think through the season. Um, okay, I, I don't place emphasis on just one game of like what oh game one I would have done like. It's just overall how how you certain communication with with certain players with Tyler O'Neill with Paul DeYoung different things that you could have done differently to see if you can spark something with the Dylan Carlson so you think through the bigger picture of how it could have impacted the year and how it impacts the next year but if you're if you want to get to the granular um, the healthy yeah I take him out before bomb and I mentioned that to at least Tom or somebody um, in an interview but uh. Just uh, it's part of it. Um, at the end of the day, they scored more runs than us, and um, it was unfortunate. And when it comes to Quintana, I'll say this: I, I had a, a discussion with Dan McLaughlin, and he said everybody complains about the early hook in the playoffs. He said, but if you look at how the Cardinals handled Quintana all year, that was the exact model that he would get you into kind of the sixth. So, so let, let's do this. Build me a case for not pulling him. I'm all ears. The case for not pulling him, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say so. My argument would be at that point he pitched really well. Uh, okay. Do you do you wait for the first sign of trouble? Maybe because he'd gotten the first out in that inning, and then maybe because. And I guess this is the other question: is if I if I'm 100 percent confident in Helsley, maybe I feel differently. But if I have any concerns about him, 
am I less likely to pull the starter earlier? In other words, if, if my bullpen isn't full because he might be a question. But I guess at that point you guys feel he's good to go, so I have to take that off the table. I would just say the eye test, maybe Quintana pitching well, I'm going to wait till he's in trouble, or at least the first sign of trouble. And what is that? And not to just go like that, no, that it's fun. I think if the, the next trouble. right, if Hoskins gets a base hit, then maybe he's out, and then you're asking somebody to come in and put out a fire. I understand that it's easier for Hicks probably with a clean, you know, empty bases. So, so you look at that lineup, and you can go two ways. And here's how I would build the argument: you have you have Quintana, Face, and Schwarber to start that inning. You have two righties that they have staggered in front of Harper in order for you to have to make that decision rather than hitting Harper third. Um, so now you have two righties and Hoskins who kills lefties, and then you have Robuto who also beats up on just, just about everybody, but lefties included. And then you have Bomb after that with Castellanos after Harper that, that beat up on lefties. So you can let you can let him face Schwarber and then those two righties and try to get to Harper. The reality is Robuto has previously said that and missed him to Homer eight miles by an inch um and at that point you're gaining an advantage by having hicks on both righties and you're gaining an advantage on the lefty Schwarber by letting him face that one lefty and then get the advantage on the next two guys so yeah you can put out fires or you can just not allow there to be anything <laughs> any type of trouble and the reality is we got to the ninth inning with one out with nobody on with a two-run lead so right. if i told you before that game that Helsley would be in the game with one out, with a two-run lead in the ninth, and they've yet to score, was the job well done. Yeah, no, I think that's the position you wanted to be in. And I think the the Quintana move, I think it does match what you guys did all year. It's more of a big-picture baseball discussion going on right now because there is the quick hook, especially in the playoffs, the urgency, and I get that. I just wonder if – it used to be the fourth time through. Now it's across the board. It's the third time through is sort of what everyone avoids, right? That's Is that the book right now? Everybody says – basically everybody says the same thing. You don't want to have your pitcher face him a third time through, and that's what everybody sort of tries to avoid. Yeah, and, and there's there's times for it. And a three-run lead is different than a two-run lead because when you say put, put out a fire, um, would I have let him go through Harper with a three-run lead? My answer is probably yes, but now what you're doing with the two-run lead is – any sign of trouble means you're pulling them, and the guy you're bringing in is one swing away from tying that ball game. So it's different when you say sign of trouble um, when you're only up by one or two compared to three. Um, so that meat of the order, third time through, everything points to taking him out. I test, I test is, is is listen. We're de- dealing with humans. These guys have you, you constantly can't just go by the numbers because they're constantly evaluating how they're doing when you say eye test. These guys have fears, anxieties, doubt, everything. So you're, you're constantly managing all of that and then implementing the numbers to, to make a sound decision. But the reality is we've used Quintana a certain way for the majority of the year for a reason, and he had success. So why would I change that? Right, and I think that's a great point, is it's what he did for you down the stretch and it is and the game's analytics I get it but I'm glad to hear you say too a lot of it is still the eye test I think that's what people are concerned has gone away is the gut or the eye test um, I could not agree and disagree more <laughs> um, yes the, the gut side of things is it's 
less and less because you have a lot of information that's instructing you to, to manage a certain way. But the reality is, all you're doing, this is why I say I disagree, like, you're taking all that information and still making the best decision you think possible. You're not strictly scripting the game. There are certain teams that we play that is scripted. Once you get to this hitter, pitcher's coming out, we're putting this guy in. Once we get this hitter, this guy's coming in. And you're basically, that manager's just following a script. That's not, uh, I mean, count me out. There's no fun in that at all. Um, it's the ability to take all this information that you have. When you see analytics, all I hear is information. You're taking all this information, and then you're watching the game and then making a decision. The reality is I did not like Hoskins facing them a third time, and Romoto just missed hitting the ball a mile. So I, I didn't want to see those at-bats again. Why not give it to Hicks, who has been dominant, and keep moving? The reality is, is Quintana going to face a hitter after Harper? The answer is no. I don't care what your gut says. Um, he's not going to with our bullpen. So if you can bridge him with hits, then you do it. And slow is still zero. They've scored zero runs. So I'm okay with that. You're clearly a guy who loves strategy. Are you going to miss the shift being available? And even the DH, boy, Cardinal fans hated the idea, and then Albert shows up and they love the idea. <laughs> I didn't hear one complaint all year about the DH, and for years, <laughs> for years, we were like, no way, not in this town, there's no way. We love the strategy and all this, and Albert's hitting bombs. Like, oh, yeah, it's fine. How about as a manager? Because yeah, yeah. it, it takes away a big part of the – and LaRusso even said when he came over, he said, I didn't realize how much fun and different it was without the DH – uh, how about for you? Does that take some of the strategy and the fun away? And then with the shift next year it also? It, it does take some of the strategy away. And, and there's a lot of fun in the double switches and figuring out your pitcher and kind of does he go back out for another inning or do we need it? Like all that is, is actually the strategy behind that is a lot of fun. Um, but there's there's other strategies in the game now uh, with the three batter minimum and different things that, that, that make you think about the game differently. So there's still a, a ton of strategy involved even with removing the pitcher from hitting um, or implementing the DH. And with the shift, I mean, everyone has to play by the same rules. So it is what it is, and we'll keep moving on. But I, I'd rather you tell me that I have nine players and I get to put them wherever I want. Um, that's the strategy in that and doing that well, and that's something we've done well for, for a lot, long time. So um, um, that's something that will – do I like it? I don't love it. But uh, we'll figure out how to strategize with it. I think we, we talked on the TV side, and, and I asked this question throughout the year, like, do you ever sit back and go, oh, my God, I'm making out a lineup every night, and I'm putting down names like Pujols and Molina, and, you know, to be in that position. Just how about the whole year? It happened quickly last year. They called you and said, you're the guy, and, uh, you know, kind of a strange situation. You're friends with Mike Schilt. I know all of that. But how about this past year? Was there ever moments where you're like, I cannot believe this is my job? Man, you. Um, I think it'll sink in here shortly. Um, there's different moments in the year where, where it definitely hit harder than others, but you have your head down and, and just thinking about how to win that day that you don't really take a moment to take those things in. Um, but one of them were we had the, uh, the last home games and we did the celebration for Albert and Yachty. That was that was extremely meaningful where you got to take a moment and really really let it sink in the type of career that these guys have had and the impact that they've had not only in St. Louis and in the community but the, the entire game 
Um, these are iconic players, and uh, to see the ovation and just the overall celebration of, of those two and the, what our fans did, it was, that was one day worth thinking as far as, like, you're managing two guys that um, are iconic. I mean, just absolute legends, and, and it's, uh, it's humbling. You know, I think the best example, and by the way, don't worry, the kids make noises, they should. They're like, you're used to working with a crowd behind you, making noises and yelling. And um, I oh, think they're, they're pretending to cook food right now. We're sitting in the office, they're <laughs> not in a little desk. It's a. Uh... I'll, I'll bring you some, but it's, uh, it's an interesting combo. We got a little a Play-Doh meal being served up. Um, you know, I think this is a be- great example of how long the season is. There was a time when Ali Marmol, rookie manager, pinch hits for Albert Pools down in Atlanta, and everybody says, oh, yeah, great move. And then later in the year, there'd be zero chance you'd be hitting for Albert Pools. Isn't that just an example of how the, the season does twist and turn? He wasn't hitting great at that moment. He wasn't. It wasn't the best matchup. And at the end of the year, if you pinch it for Albert, you're the biggest idiot in the world. But at that time, it made perfect sense. And it's just he. Uh, yeah, that's part of the job. You're, you're, you're either super smart or super dumb. And it depends on the day. And uh, the reality, I remember, I mean, Albert was four for four with two homers in Arizona. And we pinched hit Gorman. And that's one of the toughest things to do because you're sitting there, there's an absolute, there's a Hall of Famer on, on deck circle, they make a pitching change, and you have to wave him over and say, hey, this rookie's going to hit for you here. And you can easily bash the idea, but, I mean, when we come through a base hit, we end up scoring several runs, we blow that game open, and we win. And in, in that instance, it works. And it's like, all right, great. Um, so, so that's a combination of when you said analytics and gut, you start the high test, you start to see him take a different approach and get the ball closer to him against righties. He's chasing that slider down in a way a little less. Analytics still say, say do not play Albert Fools against right-handed pitching, but your, your eyes are saying, no, this is starting to look different, and the numbers aren't catching up with what we're seeing yet. And you start playing him against righties, and he starts doing more damage, and he starts taking better at-bats, and then at the end of the year, he's hitting everybody. So um, there's a combination of allowing analytics to to kind of project what you're supposed to do but then letting your eyes kind of confirm like hey this is right or not and next year you still got your core in place any team that's got goldschmidt are not on the corners is in great shape you got to find out about wainwright how how active are you and mo in terms of shaping the roster and talking about what are I mean, there's some obvious needs. Yachty retires, and there's always a need for pitching. When do you guys – I'm sure you've had those talks, but how aggressive do you think the team will be, and, and how much do you think you need to improve? No, and that's the part of the job that I've enjoyed a ton. The collaboration with our front office has been unbelievable. And uh, very open, I, I get to kind of say exactly what I think our needs are and, and what – just be very honest. And they – they're very honest with me as far as what they're looking to do. And that collaboration has been great. And the reality is our ownership has, has allowed us to be ultra-competitive every year. And we should expect no different going in. We, yeah, there's some, there's some needs, and we, we know what they are. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how we attack each one of them. And people might be surprised. You and Mike Schultz still very close. And did, Was he giving you supportive comments or texts throughout the year? Uh, yeah, he would call and congratulate on, on certain games and, and making the playoffs and winning the division. Um, he, I mean, he, he's someone that played a big role in my development and getting to where I, I am today. Um, so we definitely still keep in touch.
I'll leave you with this, and this is I'm famous for always quoting Tony, but when he would debate strategy, he always welcomed debate on strategy, anybody from the beer vendor, the fan in the last row, whatever. But he loved to say the media, if you if you brought up one that he thought was BS or anything, it's like, I'd like to manage against you. So you got to put that in your back pocket. If somebody ever has a real dumb one or a crazy one, you just say, yeah, I'd like to manage against you. That's your... But that, that, that's part of being a fan. Like, right. this is why I welcome this. Um, <laughs> you can think certain moves are great or, or not. The reality is that, that it's tough. And there's certain times you make a good move that doesn't work, and sometimes you make a really stupid move that works. Um, and you're just hoping not to repeat it. But I welcome that because as a fan, that's what you, that's what you're, I mean, that's what you want to do. You want to, you want to win every game and you want to second guess. So I, I, I welcome it, but um, I guarantee you I don't place a whole lot of value in it. Well, enjoy the off season and folks, uh, I'm sure they got a chance now they might see you around town. But thanks for your time and looking forward to next year already. No, nah, I appreciate it, Mark. I do get the impression we could talk to Ollie for two hours sitting around over a burger or beer or whatever and talking strategy and discussing this move, that move, things that are happening in the game of baseball now, the the analytics, but also hopefully still having the ability to use your gut and the eye test. I think he referred to it a couple of times. Enjoyed him stopping by the Pasta House Studios. Always great to have a little baseball conversation this time of year, a little chill in the air, baseball that's on Fox until midnight. That's what will happen during the World Series. One of my favorite times of the year. I appreciate the Cardinal Manager being a part of our show. All of our segments available at scoopswithdannymack.com. Also Spotify and iTunes. But again, that website, scoopswithdannymack.com. Daily content. High school content from Jim Powers. Golf content from Jay Delsing. Daily written form from Bernie Miklas. It's got a lot under that umbrella at Scoops with Danny Mac. Pasta House Studios, all about the great menu. Pasta con broccoli, little spaghetti and meatballs, eggplant, parmesan, everything made fresh. Order the family meal online. Pick it up. Real simple. Curbside. Pastahouse.com. Triad Bank for all your banking needs. Stop by and see them or ask for the CEO, Jim Regna. If you're a business owner and you struggle to get things done around town, they know the St. Louis landscape because they're based here Triad Bank, located on Clayton Road in Frontenac or on Olive Road just west of 270 and triadbanking.com. Marie Davila Senior Living, great spot for your retirement years. Always festive out there. We mentioned the fountains that were turned red. I don't know what they what they did. They just a little fade away. They, the Cardinal, let's just be honest, the Cardinal playoff run didn't last as long as Fred was hoping out there at Marie Davila. So those red fountains might be pink right about now. I need to drive by and see. Beautiful campus at the corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. Website is mariedevilla.com. Appliance discounters for all your appliance needs, but also service repair, wonderful service team. Any issues, they can repair it and they can do it quickly. Instead of calling an 800 number and waiting weeks for them to come out and make that service call, call appliance discounters and check out the wonderful service team that they have. Theappliancediscounters.com. And it's hockey season. That means my guys at B&G Tuck Pointing are fired up. The new commercial featuring Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas. I was there for the filming. It should be out soon. The theme is they're dog walking. And I think I think the joke was that Cairo needed some money since Robert Thomas had the new contract. That very day, filming the commercial, 
Cairo got his new deal announced. I think both those guys are pretty good on cash. But they are now among the spokespeople for the B&G product, bgtuckpointing.com, or 363-0525, the number to call. Rich Galati, he answers that phone himself. He'll get you an estimate. Whether it's waterproofing or tuck pointing, all of those repairs in one spot, bgtuckpointing.com. They are the best in the bricks. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you're checking out. I mentioned Dan's site. A lot of great segments with myself and Danny Mack talking about sports and life and whatever nonsense comes to mind. You can see those Martin and Mack great talk segments at Dan's website as well, scoopwithdannymack.com. I'm Martin Kilcoin. Thanks for checking out the Kilcoin Conversation. We'll talk to you again soon.